We want to start by talking about attention and how we teach attention. It seems like such a, a weird, like how do you teach someone to pay attention? But we can, right? Yeah. Um, I think, like anything else, it's just broken down into individual skills and um, kind of understanding how they progress in typical child development. So at a very young age, um, even babies, their first um, signs of attention is um, orienting to, th to things that enter their environment. So um, orienting with an eye gaze, just attending at it. Um, whether this be, you know, someone walks in the room or there's a big loud noise or something, they'll move their head in the direction to attend toward the sound. So some kids that we work with don't even do that the kind of stuff. Um, I've heard stories of parents who had to bang pots and pans and their child just never looked up yeah. from what they were doing. So that would be one of the first things that um, could be focused on. And then from there, learn and maybe keeping it sterile initially so there's nothing really cool and exciting that they're participating in at the moment so mm -hmm. it doesn't make it more difficult to remove attention from that to something okay. else. So uh, once they can do that pretty well, then moving to the next step, which is, okay, now they're doing something preferred and we're gonna do the same thing, and we can see we can get them to disengage from okay. what they're doing here and move their attention to something else. So that's the next skill, disengaging from yeah. one thing to another. Okay. And your orienting to the, um, the sound, person, object, whatever it may be. And then um, learning to shift your attention back and forth between things. Is important. Which we um, all need to learn how to work on. Yeah, how often are we seeing people walking through the store texting and walk into something? <laughs> I see that twice this week, right? <laughs> you know, being oh able to gosh. shift your attention back and forth from those things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so like, for example, if let's say a child's in a class and they are working on some handwriting tracing letters, let's say, and then all of a sudden on the loudspeaker, the principal starts speaking, they should be able to disengage and attend and listen. But then what sometimes can happen is they get stuck and they don't get back on task. So Ooh. shifting back wow. um, is sometimes a problem where people forget what they were doing or getting back on task is difficult. Yeah. Um, and being able to do that multiple times, multiple shifts, having a conversation with someone and then you hear like your name in the background, you might stop, look over, attend, maybe realize it's no big deal and continue your conversation. Or you might like tell the person you're speaking to, wait one just second and do something and then you, but you come back and you finish, you know, right. so that kind of thing. Um, and then uh, sustaining attention. Yeah. So kids have to go to school and they have to sit in uh, circle time activities for sometimes 20 minutes. Yeah. And that's very difficult sometimes for our kids and they can maybe only last, you know, three or four minutes. And so that's what we'll do. We'll start with their baseline level. If they can only do three minutes, then we'll do three and a half is the goal and we'll provide a reinforcer. Um, and then we'll slowly increase the time and we can get the sustained attention that way. And that can be done also. You can make it more fun by doing play stations and having them move from one station to the next while they're working on play skills, which is a whole other um, helpful thing or motor skills or whatever it may be, even academics if they're tracing or whatever, but learning to attend for certain lengths and then learning to shift. So they're both learning to attend for like sustaining periods, but also to shift from one thing to the next. Yeah. Um, these are important attention. skills for children because it sets them up for success. But let's be honest, these are important <laughs> skills for adults and for everyone yeah. on or off the spectrum. It can make the difference of whether you're successful or not, because being able to attend to things that are important to you and shift your focus back and forth to things. I mean, yeah. these are incredible skills yeah. and it starts quite young. Yeah. So the good or an, a good idea is to go and observe um, peers or whatever or uh, in the classroom and see what everybody else can do 
for sitting in a circle time or something and that would be the goal. It's always important not to have your goals to be like too lofty or something that's really unrealistic. You know, yeah. you want to go with what are like typically developing same age peers able to do and stuff. Um, I know as an adult I can sit and attend for hours at my computer and write things and read things, but um, when we're when they're young, you know, it's going to be just a few minutes initially and maybe getting up to like 20 minutes even when they're in school like doing their homework, you know, right. they might be only able to do it for 20 minutes and then they need a break, you know. And I think that's an important point too because I see a lot of times in IEPs that even in preschool and in kindergarten, uh, we're getting people who are, uh, people at the school level writing in a goal for an IEP that a kindergartner should be able to sit for a half an hour and attend to a lesson. Yeah. And, you know, as a parent, you know, we can go and look at the peers, but we don't always know, you know, what's appropriate. Yeah. But I was saying before that skills is a really good um, a tool to use for these kinds of things because it helps you to identify what's age appropriate and skill appropriate for an individual yeah. child. I know we have a sustaining attention lesson in there and I know it has some ages mm -hmm. and unfortunately I don't remember exactly what age it is. Um, but we have the resource to be able to look yeah. it up. It's like the encyclopedia. Yeah. We don't expect anybody to have memorized everything in there but the fact that it's there and you can go in and and when you get a goal from the school you if you've done the assessment for your child you can go in and go is this appropriate yeah. for my child in this year? Because a lot of times it's, I mean, 30 minutes for yeah. a kindergartner. I used to teach college. Sometimes college students struggle with 30 minutes. So I was working with a child and um, basically this child needed to go like on a field trip kind of thing to the library, the public library, the whole school was going. There was going to be a show. It was an entertaining show, but not for this child. Mm -hmm. And um, so really he's getting nothing out of it except just learning to sustain his attention and sit still and not freak out, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so basically, you know, the goal was to be able to sit there for three to five minutes and then he can take a break. Um, but also allowing him the opportunity to request a break if he can't make it that long. Yeah. So that he doesn't engage in any, you know, major tantrum behavior or other things like that. So, and then we'll just keep increasing the amount of time that we can get him to do things. And I think this is the value in this kind of discussion because I don't know about everybody else out there, but I would never think about all the different ways that there are to pay attention. Uh, and I would never think about the disengagement and the shifting focus. I, I just, that wouldn't occur to me, right? Yeah. Because it seems to happen organically, yeah. except when it doesn't. Yeah. Um, so having the lessons that are there that breaks it down for you and the way to teach them and to keep moving the goalpost yeah. a little bit further away and reinforcing it, powerful, powerful stuff. We shouldn't just assume that our kids are going to get better at attention, should we? No, not necessarily. I mean, some kids don't really need that intervention, so mm -hmm. you can kind of ignore that part if you don't see a problem with it. It's not like because it's in the curriculum, you must teach it. I right. don't like to make people think that every single thing in skills is something they have to work on. Yeah, you could never. You kind of just do it if you think that it's a deficit area. Um, but I do want to mention another area too is okay. divided attention, which is basically multitasking. And so um, I don't really think people truly can do two things at once sometimes, you know, like it's, it's so hard. So it's just very adept at shifting. I think it's very quick shifting. <laughs> okay. Um, but you know, you either way, like um, an example of an exercise early on that we might do is present, you know, like two things at once and uh -huh. then remove them and then ask them immediately, what, what, what did you just see? 
or what did you hear and see? Like maybe present an auditory and a visual at the same time? Like think yeah. about when you watch a lecture. You see someone talking, you're supposed to be listening to the auditory, and then they'll have slides up too or right. like something going on that you're attending to. Some people have a hard time. They tune out the auditory when they're re looking at the visual or vice versa. Yeah. Um, which is one reason why they say don't put too many words on your slides and things like that. Maybe just have a visual instead so they can really focus on the words and stuff. But, um, yeah, so... Really and, and just remembering that when we're getting them to attend to different things, it's all different kinds of stimuli. So it's auditory, it's visual, it's text, you know, it's um, making sure that you're getting in all of those different things. Yeah.